Mexican invasion! Good evening, weirdos. This is Invasion of the Weird. I am Agent H. Today I'm joined, as always, by the G-Man and our favorite intern, Boogeyman Bob, who I think is soon to graduate from being the intern. Aha, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> Hopefully. We've got a little bit of a special episode for you today. Instead of going into it with one topic that we all try to tackle, we figured we would all surprise each other with different topics that the others didn't hear about until this recording session right now. So I'm going to go ahead and put our names into this randomizer to see the order that goes. And as we hear this for the first time, you'll be on this journey with us. So it looks like after eight randomizations, we'll go with the G man, boogeyman, Bob, and then I'll follow up to nightcap it with agent H. G-Man, what do you have for us tonight? Sick. All right. So have you guys happened to watch that really bad monster movie called Eight-Legged Freaks? Love it. I mean, mean, yeah, hate it. Awful. Classic. Love it. It's classic. (laughs) It's good. But, like, it's so bad that it's good, you know? Yeah. What about The Thing? Did you guys ever watch that? Yeah. Anything with Kurt Russell in it is a banger. Anything by John Carpenter? Double banger. Oh, the John Carpenter film? Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing. And, uh, yeah, it's like I don't know. Dude, John Carpenter's uh, vampire movie kind of sucked. That's a great vampire pun. True. <laughs> <laughs> How meta is that? You make great movies, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to make a vampire movie. Let's make sure it sucks. <laughs> John Carpenter. No, I actually, I did see the other day that John Carpenter has almost achieved becoming David Lopan. So... He's got that going for him. Okay, fair enough. All right, so here's a story that was brought to my attention. It was on Reddit. You might be able to find it on the Wayback Machine or something, but it has henceforth been taken off. Is this a creepypasta or is this a real thing? This is a real thing where the dude showed evidence to back up his claims. All right, I'm listening. Apparently, there is an apex predator of arachnid origin in antarctica dude goes by the pseudonym ant anon his father in the 90s was stationed out on one of our antarctic bases for about 10 years to about the early 2000s dude shows it by showing his dad's awards and plaques saying lieutenant so-and-so antarctic base this one this one and that one and this is a story from his father I reached out to the guy. He did get back to me. He showed me a couple more screenshots. I'm not at liberty liberty to give it out there in order to protect his identity from doxing. You put it on the back channel? Yeah, I could probably put it on the back channel. So, story goes, and I will I'll give you guys the back channel information after I tell the story and we get through this recording. Story goes, his dad was the only medical personnel on base which was kind of absurd, but he kind of just did what he was told because he was in the Navy at the time. He was constantly on missions with heavily armed guards, going out taking core samples, but he started to notice that sometimes while they were going towards the base back from getting core samples, they would take long detours, like almost 10 to 15 miles out of the way 
one day he was making friends with a guy on base and he was like, hey, do you happen to know why we're taking these large detours? And he says that his friend would get white as a ghost and say, shut up, man. You don't know what you're talking about. There's no way we take those detours. Why would we do that? Stop asking questions. Dude kind of wrote it off like, yeah, we're out here. There's not a lot, not a lot going on. You're probably having a little bit of a psyche breakdown and just kind of left it at that. A couple weeks later, he asks his buddy again after taking another long detour. Dude says, leave it be. You're not doing it. He says, whatever. As he's going back to his bunk, he gets pulled by administration and says that you've been reported and he gets investigated, says, stop asking questions. You're just medical personnel. As he continues on and says, all right, I won't do anything. I'm just medical personnel. They're coming back from one of their missions and he sees a large monolith, almost like a building. It's kind of a hazy out in the horizon and he makes note of it. And he's like, you know what? I just, I just got to ask. So he starts asking around the base to other people every time. You don't know what you're talking about. He gets reported. Until one day, as the only on-site medical personnel, he is also the resident pathologist. And he's also the resident coroner. So every time he gets a body, he has to check the morgue. And sometimes he's just getting limbs, bodies cut in half. But because these things are frozen to the core, he's instructed to write all of them cause of death is hypothermia one of these days he goes out to get a core sample lots of heavily armed guards and as they're digging into the ice they start to see caverns and just on the outside of these caverns there are these large arachnid like creatures that are frozen in the ice it was like could be a prehistoric invertebrate everybody knows that invertebrates for a long time for a large majority of them are able to sustain sub-zero temperatures. So he says, all right, that doesn't make too much of a difference. He knows that there is an Antarctic sea spider, which is a large crab. It's a crustacean that is dwarfing in comparison the European sea spider. It's large, it's gangly. The European one is about the size of your standard crab, while the Antarctic one is known to be about the size of a chihuahua. These ones are about the size of a Great Dane. Damn, son. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking nuts. large arthropods with some sort of antifreeze-like blood where they can survive in sub-zero temperatures. Am I wrong there? Correct. Anyway, here's where it gets crazy. I'm glad you stopped me there. As they're doing these core samples and they notice the arachnids, they start to crack the ice, start to look into it, and they're like, you know what, we've got a little bit of time. And the armed guards are sitting there kind of shaky. But the scientist, man, he's like, dude, I don't, I don't fucking know. It's They're frozen. There's no way they're going to do anything. Until two of these creatures start to shake and, like, rustle off the ice and snow on them. That's when all hell breaks loose. They say that they lost one of the guards to hypothermia as they were loading onto the transport and getting the fuck out of there. His father has since dubbed that the majority of those deaths from hypothermia were from these large arachnids with mandibles and all. And in the thread that has hence been taken off of Reddit, people were going onto Google Earth. They kind of found what could have been the monolith he was talking about. And it was probably a herd of penguins in the background, but it looks kind of spider-ish. 
large spider-ish. So the spider is coming out of the hollow earth, like some people think it could be coming out of the hollow earth. That's that that was also in the thread. First thing that comes to my mind is you know as was theme of this episode. I've never heard of this before in my life. First thing that comes to my mind is the Lake of Vladivostok incident. I think it was in 2016, maybe 2018, where I believe the Russians drilled down into this ancient lake and brought up some sort of a seven tentacled cephalopod that could mimic them and murdered a bunch of people as far as the story goes. But it sounds to me like if there is truly a warm hollow earth and there's an entrance there to Antarctica, kind of like they show in a lot of things, it was made most recently popular in the Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, where, you know, there's the hollow earth that the giant monsters come from. Is that Hollywood trying to get us warmed up to the idea that, yes, there are these entrances to the inner world. And yes, there are giant monsters that come out of them. It's a possibility. This is the story from Antonon. He's gone ahead and given me the archive. It looked pretty solid to me. But I wanted to bring it up because I know that there's multiple stories of this hollow earth theory that people are talking about. The mole people, if you will. Yeah, I'd love the uh, corroboration on it. It seems almost too good to be true, but... You know, if I was the government, that's something I would definitely cover up. You know, giant monsters underneath their feet. Well, you know, we will we'll never find out until one of these apex predators that we released makes its way over to civilized society. Any closing thoughts, Bob, before we go to you? How long until the Clintons get a hold of Aunt Anna? You know, to be honest, I last spoke to this guy about two weeks ago. Since our last recording of the episode, they probably could have got him. They got him. Can these spiders take on the form of human females? God, I hope so. (laughs) That's a conspiracy theory for another time. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening to my story. Come back in a moment and we'll talk to Boogeyman Bob. Are you tired of the government reading your thoughts? If you have about tree $50, you too can own the thought-blocking tinfoil hat, now in silver, aluminum color, tin color, and chartreuse. Tinfoil hat, only tree fitty. All right, Boogeyman Bob, we're back from our quick commercial break. Take from, from the top on your conspiracy theory of the week. Can't wait to hear it. So there's been a conspiracy that's very, very, very minute in the community that specifically the Bush administration was padded by the celebrity appearances and buffoonery of none other than Britney Spears. George W. Bush, in his presidency, might have had a few controversial days. During these controversial days, they also line up perfectly with Britney Spears' most memorable public appearances. Did Britney Spears break up with Justin Timberlake before 9-11 or what? I might have been like the day of 9-11. I, <laughs> I actually don't know that. My research doesn't go that far. My research starts in 2002. So, All right, ha- what, what big event happened when she shaved her head? Or is that too far? Because I was like 07. No, 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 no. That is actually there. I want to start with the first instance. Do you remember when Britney Spears dropped her baby while she was on the phone? 
and the baby's spine just went kind of slumped over and people were like, oh no, Brittany's going to drop her baby. Fucking no. <laughs> oh. Well, it's not as bad as like Michael Jackson dangling the baby off the balcony, but it's up there. In terms of manhandling a child in ways that one should not, she's top three. This also happened to be the same day uh, George W. Bush's approval ratings hit its all-time low. Time out. Are those top three in order? Uh, Britney Spears, Michael Jackson, and then Jared from Subway? It is now. All right. Hold yeah. on, hold on. Who, who are your three before you put Jared from Subway in there? What are we referencing? We're talking manhandling of babies? Yes. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden. All right, go off. Anyways. <laughs> I believe it was in 2007 that headlines speculated that Bush was lying about ending the war on terror. Britney Spears had shaved her head and stormed the public eye for weeks. During the Plame affair, which was a CIA leak identifying one Valerie Plame as a covert officer, Britney Spears was getting married and then divorced during that entire three days that the CIA leak was being reported. It sounds like another spoke on the wheel of Project Mockingbird. I was about to say the same thing, but I do have one question for you there, Bob. What is the headline for when George W. Bush got those two shoes thrown at him? That's a great question. That had been like circa 2006? Yeah, that looks like it might have been December 14th, 2008. It was an Iraqi journalist who threw both of his shoes at the president. Yeah, it uh, it was a video to watch, dude. Yeah, no, they... It actually stirred back up during the Trump administration, and you can see many a loop of President Bush ducking shoes. Hashtag Free Britney. Free Britney, exactly. No, Free Britney happened during the uh, Biden administration. Interesting that you would bring that up. Now, Britney Spears' fame and notoriety had quickly simmered out by the time that the Obama administration had rolled over. And now that Britney Spears... George W. Bush were a thing in the past. It's time to move forward. One of Obama's lowest approval ratings occurred at the same time as the Kanye West and Taylor Swift feud that has since been admitted to be scripted and planned. I don't want to talk too much over that, but there was a lot of Miley Cyrus, Kanye West that took over the headlines. Well, obviously, Kanye West wasn't going to be the scapegoat for George Bush. He said that George Bush was a racist in front of Shrek. I don't care to delve on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I don't know George Bush. However, Kanye might have had some validity to it. It's interesting to see how those two forms blend and where presidential or political drama meets the smoke and mirrors of pop culture. Now, I, I do want to take it a little bit further. I'm going to completely skip the Trump administration. We remember what media was like there. Our only escape was knowing what Demi Lovato changed her gender to this week. I th- I think she's back to being she, her. Fantastic. But we move back into the Biden administration. We see a resurrection of Britney Spears, the free Britney, the absolve her from her father's reign. And this, of course, swarms the media. How many controversial moments has Biden had that have been poorly, if not entirely not represented? I'd say I'd say a good number of them. Let's see. 
Free Britney should have taken place. Let me tell you something. Just about the same time we handed over a ton of Apaches and Blackhawks to the Taliban? About the same time. Interestingly enough, do you remember when Joe Biden played on his iPhone Despacito, danced the crowd and told them that if he was as talented as anybody that performed in Despacito, that he would be president-elect by default? I remember him doing it in front of a majority Latino crowd. Yes. I don't remember him saying that. Well, it's in the video. 43-second clip. It's fantastic. Not a lot of people remember it. However, this did happen to take place close to, if not around the same time as the Free Britney campaign. Not a lot of people remember the Biden incident of him poorly trying to bridge the gap between an elderly white man and the general Latino community. Britney Spears is all that anybody remembers. People are still talking about Britney Spears and how she's now free, but nobody talks about the pandering that was seen from our administration. Continuing with the Biden administration, we all know that we've seen historic inflation. We've seen record gas prices that were seemingly covered up, if not hidden behind a wall of Will Smith and Johnny Depp. While we were sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, our news stations were focused on the Will Smith incident, known as the slap heard around the world. While we witnessed Ghislaine Maxwell on trial, or at least tried to, and then saw her get put on suicide watch, we were met with live streams of every single second of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. Something yeah, that makes I, sense. Some, the last thing I want to bring up, which is very topical, on the end of August, which we are currently at, there's a Euphoria character named Sydney Sweeney. I don't know her, but social media is in an outrage trying to cancel her over family photos from 2016 that surfaced of her and her family from the Pacific Northwest wearing Make America Great Again hats and Back the Blue t-shirts. And now six years later, people are trying to cancel her. However, this is taking place exactly at the same time that Joe Biden pushes for student loan forgiveness. We're talking about massive economic change when the world is telling us to focus on some broad whose parents are Republican or conservative. I think this all concludes that both mainstream media and social media can and will be manipulated and twisted to control whatever narrative they seem fit. I feel that it no longer becomes a conspiracy. We've seen this enough, especially during the Trump administration, where this is this is as real as it gets. Here's the thing, Man Bob, that Tell is me. extremely topical because one, in a previous episode on Invasion of the Weird, we talked about conspiracies that weren't just theories, there were facts. One of those was Project Mockingbird, where the CIA and the FBI would launder news stories into the media in order to push their own propaganda and their own narrative. Allegedly, this stopped, but, you know, I wasn't born yesterday. Wow. And then last week on the Joe Rogan podcast, they had everyone's favorite lizard who loves Sweet Baby Ray's. Ah, uh, yes. Zark Muckerberg. Good sensor. He said, and it's been going viral, that the week that that famous laptop story from the last election cycle, which is still coming up with more and more crazy, crazy files on it, the week that that happened, the FBI went straight to 
the Book of Faces and told them to put a kibosh on things coming down the pike because, you know, a lot of big Russian disinformation was about to drop. They need to be ready. Lo and behold, laptop story happens and all the major social media throttles it and makes sure that that story can't go out in order to change the narrative and get the political outcome that the deep state wanted. So what you're describing right now is just the continuation of Mockingbird, Mockingbird 2.0. Absolutely. I think that's a great point, especially with the laptop most recently with Meta, if you will call them that, censoring any sort of information on Hunter Biden. I have seen a woman both breastfeeding her child and a goat simultaneously, and I have seen death on the feed. However, not once for more than 20 minutes is a post allowed of Hunter Biden's white ass cheeks or him sparking up a pipe on the beach. It seems very interesting what they deem inappropriate versus what they seem politically provocative, but they put it under the same umbrella. No, I just saw a article of Apple stating that it could harm your laptop if you cover the webcam. I saw that, yes. And I trust that you took your cover off of your webcam. Obviously. Yes, you want to be safe. It's very troubling, but that's what I have. Well, good job on the field work this week, Agent Bob. Yeah, that was some good sleuthing, bud. Thank you, sirs. All right. So I wasn't sure what you guys were going to have. So I went ahead and had a little bit of a shorter one. But instead of going the conspiracy route, this one here is the cryptid. Have you ever heard of a creature that visited a small town in Iowa called Van Meter, Iowa, in 1903? No. No, I have not. So like a pterodactyl or something? Yeah, to keep on the theme of giant monsters from the hollow earth, Basically, in 1903, there were several reports of what they called the Visitor, which was described as a large creature that looked like a pterodactyl, had large bat wings, left a terrible stench whenever it went by, and for some reason had the ability to shoot beams of bright light out of its forehead. So after tons of sightings and tons of townsfolks taking pot shots at this pterodactyl-like creature, It seemed that all of their buckshot and their slugs and their rifles just bounced off the monster. They got a bit of a town posse together and corralled it to an abandoned coal mine, where lo and behold, there wasn't just one monster, there were two. So with enough shooting, they were able to push these monsters into the coal mine. And then after opening fire for quite a while and some rumbling down in the mine, creatures have not been seen since. Well, not only have I seen this movie before, but you're telling me that these Iowa folk were taking pot shots at creatures a la War of the Worlds first airing. Yeah, this was 30 years before the War of the Worlds incident on the radio. So it's kind of cool. It's a very weird story. But the thing that blows my mind is it basically to the T is the plot of the 1956 movie Rodan, where a giant pterodactyl comes out of mines and starts terrorizing Tokyo. And then eventually they go and they go to fight the pterodactyl. Boom, there's two of them. They were twins. And they blow up the mine to get rid of the pterodactyl. I remember seeing that movie many times in my years. 
Not once in theaters, though. Pretty sure I'd be dead if I did. It's an old movie. Nah, you'd just be an old man. I'm an old head at the agency. Come find me in Roswell. I'm chilling with the aliens. But those Van Meter visitors being dinosaur-like prehistoric monsters totally line up with that hollow earth giant spiders that you brought up. So I like the synchronicity on that. It does seem that everything that we talk about in these conspiracy or cryptid files seems to rhyme with each other. This is all extremely interesting. I did a little bit of research while you were speaking. I saw a sketch of the Van Meter monster, and it is not something I would like to see in the daylight or in the nighttime. One of the police at the time apparently got a plaster cast of his footprint, had three toes, and now they celebrate the visit every year with a Van Meter Visitor Festival. Yeah, I've got a newspaper clipping from 1903 that shows an illustration of the visitor, and it's got a bunch of dudes hanging out with it swooping down and grabbing their horses in its mouth and flying away. I am looking at that exact picture. That is, wow, that thing's huge. Yeah, so this thing shows up, swoops down from the sky, shoots laser beams out of its forehead, eats your horses. You get riled up and try to get a posse together to take it out, right? Absolutely. 1903 is the tail end of the Wild West. Iowa, you know, not quite in the West, but still around the same time period. If Samuel Colt made all men equal... They could sure as shit try to fight a dinosaur. That's absolutely nuts. I love it. One, Maybe one of our stops on our upcoming, maybe not this year, maybe a few years down, upcoming cryptid festival tour, we can visit Van Meter, Iowa. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. So long as on that tour we make a trip out to uh, our friends across the pond and personally call out those gnomes. Sons of bitches. I can't tell if they're ducking me or if they're just short. <laughs> talking little people? We're talking gnomes. Got to drink them under the table, which, you know, if they're not on the seat, they're already under the table. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with another word from our sponsors. Get out of my head, 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 get out of my head. All right, we're back. Just for this last little bit, thought I'd have a little bonus theory for you. This one's a conspiracy within a conspiracy. Hopefully you like it. So I'm sure everyone here is familiar with the conspiracy that Walt Disney, upon his death, was frozen in a cryogenic solution in the hopes that one day he could be revived. You all have heard that one, right? Yep. Yes. While fiercely denied by the Disneys, everyone involved said that he got cremated and he's in the same cemetery now as the likes of Clark Gable and Michael Jackson and a bunch of other celebrities. A little backstory on this is that in November of 1966, Walt Disney is told that he has late stage cancer. Uh, He has his lung removed because it was cancerous, and it's not looking very good. Allegedly, he was into a book about the possibility of immortality, which they talk about 
using cryo sleep like you would in sci-fi movies or games like Halo in order to either take a freshly dead body or preserve it to where they can fix it later in the future or just jump ahead in time. So the conspiracy theory goes that the ride that was finished right at the same time that Walt passed underneath it houses his cryo chamber where he's frozen in the hopes that they can revive him one day and he can once again be the king of Disneyland. Any ideas which ride he's supposed to be frozen under? It's a small world. No, dead men tell no tales. He's under Pirates of the Caribbean, allegedly. Now, let's say they do find a way to revive Frozen Walt Disney. Wasn't he a fascist? Uh, I don't think he was a fascist. I think he was anti-Semitic, allegedly. So you're telling me that if we have the frozen head of Walt Disney, it would give him a robo-body. Much like Richard Nixon and Futurama, yes. Then it'd be just like the level 8 boss of Wolfenstein 3D, which is Mecha Hitler. That's quite the degrees of separation, but... I... No comment, but yeah. <laughs> so is this this conspiracy theory has gotten so out of hand that it's been the thing of tabloids all the way back from the 60s to now. Cartoon Network, Disney's main cartoon competitor, had a show called Reanimated about a kid who found the frozen brain of their version of Walt Disney underneath the ice penguin cartoon characters area. And then because of an accident, they had to put his brain in his body, made a whole lampoon out of the whole idea. And then had a running series about this kid who was Walt Disney's brain in the kid's body. Disney as a company today does not want anyone to keep talking about this. They're tired of fielding questions about is Walt Disney frozen underneath Pirates of the Caribbean. So it is my conspiracy theory that they have a targeted cover-up in order to, pardon the pun, take the heat off of a frozen Disney. And so far, they've done a few things. If you were to Google Disney on ice, instead of Walt Disney's body literally being on ice, you would get that Ice Capades show with all of the Disney characters figure skating basically I think it was real popular in the mid 2000s selling out arenas but that didn't go far enough google's still around if you typed in disney frozen it would come up with frozen disney body so they had to do something about that boom they make the movie frozen specifically to distract from this conspiracy theory and if we have any disney movie that comes out in the next decade that's called like disney cryo or cryo sleep by Disney, anything like that, we'll know for sure. They're just tired of listening to this question and want to cover up that, you know, Walt Disney is underneath parts of the Caribbean. Is that like a health code violation? I don't think it's a salmonella risk if you're the, you know, temperature of liquid nitrogen. It definitely feels like cross-contamination, but I think that if Walt Disney had his food workers card, it would be okay. You know, I don't think they would make any bones about it because Pirates of the Caribbean was literally full of real human skeletons. Allegedly, there's still one. Yeah, there's probably still a couple of them. There's going to be a couple more if you don't be quiet. Back in the day, it used to be way cheaper to use real human skeletons for Hollywood productions 
than convincing fake skeletons. Like, if you've seen the movie Poltergeist, spoiler alert for, you know, this very old movie at this point. But the little girl dies. <laughs> there's a section where they're in that swampy mud water and there's a bunch of skeletons pop up. Those are real human skeletons because they were cheaper than props. Did you know that Pirates of the Caribbean is the second most common attraction that people sneak their cremated remains of their lost loved ones and scatter them in there? First being the Haunted Mansion. Yes. So if rides, if you're ever at Disneyland, you know, California ever opens up again and acts like normal people for once. And they shut down the rides for an extended period of time. And they got a goddamn 2319 and need to detox the whole area for human remains. Yeah. So if you're planning on scattering your loved one's remains at the happiest place on Earth, chances are they're not going to stay there. They're going right into a Dyson. At least it's a high-end vacuum. Well, agents, I think that uh, wraps up for this week. A little bit of a shorter episode, if my bearings are correct, but welcomed all the same. I do want to mention that the girl from Poltergeist is dead. In real life or in the movie? In real life, in real life. Spoiler alert, dude. Spoiler alert, yeah, she died in like her 20s. That's sad. Not as sad as Ducky from uh, Land Before Time. Oh, Oh, has this been Agent H? I'm the G-Man. Boogeyman Bob. Signing off. Coming soon to Disney Plus. Disney's cryogenic. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one.